Hello there. Welcome to Series 3 of Satisfied. The Series 3 podcasts relate to the Healthy Living Bible Study that covers the books of Colossians and Philemon in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an ordinary woman who loves the Lord and His Word. We are looking at infections that can make us spiritually sick and how to get healthy again. The way to fight or avoid infection is to be satisfied by the truth of God we have in Jesus Christ. That gives us a strong immune system to fight and prevent infection in our hearts and minds. My heart has been satisfied by the love and truth of Jesus. I want you to come along with me and experience that too. Together, we'll pursue healthy living in Christ. In today's podcast for Lesson 6, We'll look at how we can flee the spiritual substitutes infection. In July 1993, we were in Colorado conducting summer camps for our wilderness-based camp ministry. A church youth group rented our camp facility for one week. I was in charge of providing meals. My husband, Ron, would be gone for the week. As he was about to leave, he said to me, This group is not your typical church youth group. Hmm, what does that mean? I knew that our senior staff members were all on 21-day backpacking trips in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. They would not be around to assist us. I sent up a quick prayer, Lord, please help us. The group that came looked like typical high school kids and adult counselors, but were very different from the usual youth groups that came to our camp. We welcomed and served them. During that week, I realized that we served prisoners, people who had been taken captive. They were taken captive by the philosophy that God is an impersonal energy field, an it, something that binds the universe together. They sought God while staring at a candle for an hour. They were taken captive by the concept that good and bad are relative. Since each person is part of the God force of the universe, each one determines what is good or bad. They meditated upon the God being created in each of them. The message portrayed was this. Salvation comes through uniting one's personal spiritual energy with the other God energy of the universe. Though this group came from what was called a church, they had rejected Jesus Christ as their head and substituted other things for Him. We prayed for protection and guidance as we listened to this spiritual substitute's infection being spread. Sadly, most of them were females, either as teenage girls or as adult counselors. What made them susceptible to the spiritual substitute's infection? First, let's define what I mean by substitute. A substitute is something that takes the place or function of another. Usually, the substitute is not as good or effective as the original. The same is true of spiritual substitutes. Whenever you believe that some person, religious system, or discipline can make you feel more spiritual, you've made a substitute for Christ in your life. As I've already mentioned, we are called to a person, Jesus Christ, not to a system or to an organization. He is the head of the church, 
which is composed of people who belong to him. And in him we have everything we'll ever need for life and godliness. The treasure we have in the person and work of Jesus Christ is more powerful, more effective, and more valuable than anything we could substitute for him. The spiritual substitute's infection can present itself in many ways. I will focus on the two Christ substitutes that Paul described at the end of Colossians chapter 2. One is called legalism. The other is called mysticism. One stems from insecurity. The other is fed by dissatisfaction. Both are wrapped up in self. Let's first look at the Christ substitute called legalism. When you hear the word legalism, you think legal, which deals with laws and rules. Today, it isn't likely that you as a Christian will be pushed into following the Mosaic law as the Colossians were doing, although some denominations do add parts of it to their own religious practices. You are more likely to run into legalism that is a works-based way of approaching the Christian life. It is taking your faith in Christ and adding other things you must do or not do to gain and maintain acceptance from God and even how to stay saved. You recognize it as faith plus good works and faith plus following church rules. Legalism also includes denying yourself the normal activities and pleasures of life in order to make yourself look good or earn merit with God by what you sacrifice. I'm not talking about what is clearly taught in the New Testament regarding living a life that pleases God and what sin is. What I'm talking about are those extra rules that some person or organization has decided you must follow to be a good Christian and for God to love you. Such extra rules could include how often you must go to church, which church you must attend, what kind of clothing you must wear, and things you must do or say every day to stay in God's good favor. Whenever God's acceptance of you has an if you do this attached to it, other than faith in Jesus Christ, you know you are in the vicinity of legalism. Legalism is a substitute for Christ. The result is that you stray away from enjoying a love-based relationship with Jesus to practicing a works-based religion. When you are living this way, your spiritual life is in bondage to insecurity, guilt, and fear of punishment for not doing it right. Jesus died to set you free from that. The Mosaic Law and every other system of works-based religion was nailed to the cross. The one and only way you are declared right before a holy God is through your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this justification, and it is permanent. I shared a little about justification in the last podcast. Justification is a legal term that literally means to declare righteous, to declare not guilty. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross fully honored and satisfied the righteous demands of a holy God to punish human sin. Because of that, once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous and perfectly acceptable in His sight. Paul describes it clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I love this verse. God made the one who did not know sin, that's Jesus, 
to be sin for us so that in him we, that's you and me, we would become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ took your sin. God gives you his righteousness instead. That's called the great exchange. You receive this righteous status by faith alone. It does not depend upon any works that you do to earn acceptability in God's sight, even after you are saved. When God looks on you, he sees his son's righteousness taking the place of your sin, even your sin after you've been a believer for a long time. Maybe you started out accepting the gift of salvation by faith in Jesus as a free gift. But then you've been thrown into a works-related way of living out this Christian life in order to maintain your acceptance before God. Or you might still be wrestling with the notion that you're not good enough to please God. So you are tempted by legalism to work harder. Stop it! That's a reliance on self, not Christ. Here's the truth. No one can ever be good enough on her own merits to please God. That's why Jesus came to do that for you. Accept this gift of righteousness by faith. Thank God for it. Flee from any kind of works-based religion that substitutes for the treasure you already have in Jesus Christ. Legalism may be easier to recognize than the second substitute Paul addresses, the Christ substitute of mysticism. First, let's talk about what mysticism is not. Jesus does appear to people in visions. We hear about those from missionaries especially in closed countries where the gospel is not openly preached. The sad thing to me is hearing that some of those who have seen Jesus in their dreams still choose not to believe in him. Jesus choosing to reveal himself unexpectedly to people is not mysticism. And Jesus uses his spirit to illuminate your mind and help you understand his word and to give you direction when you ask. Most of us can remember a time when we knew the Lord spoke to us in a specific way, especially when we asked for wisdom and guidance. There are times when a verse literally leaps off the page at me. God knows it's something I need to know for the upcoming week or month. He prepares by instruction. We learn by experience. That's not mysticism. So what is it? Mysticism is seeking visions, interactions with angels, or supernatural experiences to improve or validate one's relationship with God. It is fed by dissatisfaction with what has already been given to us through Christ's finished work on the cross and the complete Word of God that the Holy Spirit uses to teach us how to approach life God's way. Mysticism is seeking a direct God and me experience apart from biblical truth. This has taken a subtle, slightly deceptive form in our modern Christianity. Christians who are dissatisfied with what God has already communicated to them through the Bible yearn for more personal experiences with Him and our all-about-me society feeds us, and they spread their dissatisfaction by teaching others to expect God to speak to them apart from His Word. 
This form of mysticism is works-based, too. It is putting God on demand to put on a good show whenever you want it. If you get some special word from God, then it can create a sense of spiritual elitism. You can see yourself as being more spiritual than other Christians because God is giving personal messages to you. I knew someone wrapped up in this modern mysticism movement. She looked down her nose at those of us who weren't buying into it. But mysticism also sets Christians up for disappointment and guilt. If God doesn't speak special words to you whenever you ask, then what have you done wrong? Once again, that puts you back into a performance-based religion. Don't let anyone put you down because of an experience they've had that you have not had. The danger of mysticism is we have an enemy who always wants to distract us away from Christ. What we have in the whole Bible is inspired and authoritative. But the nudges, feelings, intuitions, and random thoughts a person has while emptying one's mind to hear a special word from God every day cannot be put on the same level as Scripture. To assume that the voice a person hears in her mind is the voice of God is to leave the door wide open for self-delusion and even demonic deception. Angelic sightings and supernatural experiences can have a source other than God. If someone says she has had a vision, but it does not point to Jesus as the Lord and his completed work on the cross as being supreme in her life, that person is very likely being deceived. Any teaching that is not centered on the sufficiency of Christ alone to make you acceptable to God is not from God. Any teaching that does not point you to the Bible as being sufficient for you to know God's will and grow spiritually is not from God. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ still speaks because the Spirit has already spoken. We hold His words in our hands with every printed Bible and every Bible app on our phones and tablets. He has already given us plenty of truth in the Bible that we can know and trust. If we want to hear from God, we need to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, where we can listen to the voice of God every day. We already have 66 books of Revelation, 1,189 chapters. If we just took one chapter per day, wrote down all the truths about God and our relationship with Him, and committed to obey that, it would take us more than three years to get through the whole Bible and put into practice what it teaches us. You can be confident that you are hearing the truth you need to hear. Flee the Christ substitute of mysticism. Both legalism and mysticism are wrapped up in self, what self wants. Both depend on some kind of experience to validate your faith. Both lead to being puffed up about one's religious life or experiences. Both are spiritual substitutes for Jesus Christ as being supreme in your life. Flee from the spiritual substitute's infection. This one will leave you empty. As Paul writes in Colossians, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. 
the spiritual substitutes infection is bad. Know that the treasure you have in Jesus Christ is more powerful, more effective, and more valuable than anything you could substitute for him. This truth gives you an immune system that overcomes any spiritual infection. Let Jesus satisfy your heart needs with his truth and his love so you can get well and stay well. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, hoping you will join me in being satisfied by his love.